If you have a brain, you have bias. So let's just own it. Some biases help us by simplifying our decision-making process. Other biases hold us back by impacting who gets hired and promoted, and even who we approach to be our friends. Welcome to Breaking the Bias, a podcast where we interview impact makers who are breaking the bias when it comes to inclusion and equity, because sharing our stories is how real belonging happens. Something that I've worked on that I I didn't know before, it's this honoring part. When I meditate, I'm honoring you know, sometimes some gods and deity, and sometimes I'm honoring nature and the trees and the flowers, but mostly I'm honoring myself that is into everything and everything is into me. Mm. So if I'm honoring myself, there's no way I'm going to stay silent. So we're shaking things up on today's episode of Breaking the Bias. Consciously Unbiased co-founder Bindu Lokre sat down in a studio in New York with Sandrine Marlier, a meditation teacher, Reiki master practitioner, model, and author of the new children's book, Odette's Alphabet, a story about handling big emotions. Bindu and Sandrine keep it real by diving into Sandrine's journey of managing her anxiety sharing how to identify your triggers and create healthy boundaries, how Sandrine's daughter inspired her to write a book about mindfulness for children, and the biggest lessons adults can also take away from the story. Now let's listen in. What was important to you growing up? And how is that similar or different to who you are today? Good question. What was always so important was love. I just, I was a very sensitive child and I'm still very sensitive, but with more tools. So love I knew was always the answer to everything. And I was always seeking for love. And what's different now is that I've learned to look for love in the healthy places and develop tools to create healthy boundaries, which I did not have at all as a kid. Mm. But it's still the number one. And with the jobs that I do, it I can say it and shout it, love as energy is the most important, the most healing, what will save the world. Such a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. What is something that you used to hide about yourself that you're now open to sharing? My anxieties. I'm going to say it louder. My anxieties. Oh, I'm going to own it. You should own it. <laughs> I'm owning my anxieties. Do you feel comfortable sharing what some of those anxieties Yes. Were? Actually, I haven't shared it before. But this is what got me on the journey of meditation, was the anxieties that I've always had as a kid. I was even like 11, and I wrote a paper on anxiety to not even know really why I was doing it. Um, and it's kind of almost genetic in my family. It runs so deep, so many grandmothers with anxiety. And the big haha moment was at the beginning of COVID, like it just crumbled everywhere in every area of my life, finances, um, some relationship, etc. And I was mega stressed and I actually went to see a doctor and she said, Do you, have you ever considered taking anti-anxiety pills? I said, no, I meditate. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say to that? And she said, well, how about, how about that? And the question actually that saved me, for me, that just broke it down was, is it genetic? And then I just stopped fighting it. And it was like a lot of things. It's yes and. Yes, I meditate and I'm taking some pills. Mm. Because I need it, because it's the way I'm so hardwired and I can keep fighting it my whole life. 
And then it causes me like pain and, and stress in the relationship with my daughter that I don't want that. Yeah. So it came at a peak during COVID and I just, I embraced it and it's the best thing I did. That's amazing. I felt it right away and, uh, and sure, I had a lot of shame around it and I was like, wow, that doesn't make me a legit meditation teacher if I'm taking some pills. Yeah. But it helps me. Yeah. And everybody finds their own way, so I do both. Or they don't find their own way. And they, don't, <laughs> and yeah. they just, you know, they just and you continue stay in on yeah. in this. But it's whatever works. And my meditation teacher always said, whatever works for you, try it. And then when it works, stick with it. Yeah. And that's it. And also when it doesn't work, change it, right? And change it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes something works for like a part of your life and then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. That's why there are different kind of meditations. And like when I was pregnant, meditating wasn't working for me. What really was working was Reiki. Mm. So it would give me and my belly some Reiki and then I, I just kept going with Reiki. Mm. That was my way of connecting. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you said so much there. So I feel like we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. So, you know, you talked about where you were in high school mm -hmm. and it seems like some of your values really changed kind of over time. Like you went through this transition where you became so much more aware of yourself and mm -hmm. what you need and how to be more open yeah. with who you are. Yeah. Um, what are you up to today? What am I up to? <laughs> so many things. <laughs> Multifaceted <laughs> question. <laughs> this is what I wanted. I wanted an exciting life in colors. And I love like diversity because I'm passionate and I've discovered I'm quite entrepreneurial. And, and people would say sometimes, you're all over the place. I'm like, I don't think so. I'm just exploring all those things that excite me. Like I follow this thing, like follow whatever excites your spirit. If there's a voice inside that says like, this is for you, go try it. I trust that it all comes back together. Mm. It's like building a house and, you know, you love a little bit this boho style and then this style and then it comes together beautifully because that's what you love. So I coach people one-on-one. -on -one. I'm creating a program for moms to support them called Mama Central. I have my children's book that just came out called Odette's Alphabet mm -hmm. on mindfulness. I'm very excited mm. about that. What else? And I'm still modeling. That's been my bread and butter for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then I share some meditations. And So you're bored. I'm so bored. <laughs> so bored, right? Like, <laughs> it sounds like you have just ample amounts of time and space to continue to do more. <laughs> this is what I want more time. But it's about strategizing, like prioritizing what is it that I love. Yeah. Like, and finding that sweet spot of like... This is what I love to do, and this is what has an impact on others because it's so important for everyone to contribute. Everybody needs, it's a, it's a basic need. We need to contribute. So that sweet spot and also that it's, you know, bringing an income because that's the reality of life too. Yeah, for sure. And when you are at this intersection, I'm like, I'm exploring right now. This is so fun. Yeah. And here we are today. Like, yeah. this is so fun for me. Yeah. <laughs> you get to utilize, like, all these different aspects of your yeah. Of your best qualities, right? Okay, so you said that you just wrote this book. Yes. Um, and your daughter has inspired it. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit more about it and tell us, like, what's your hope for the book and for parents and for kids? Yes, thank you. Um, yes, I started it before I had Emma and then I kept going because... I could only imagine all that I wanted to tell her. So in this book, it started with mindful concepts. 
I don't have, like, I'm not, I wasn't raised with any religion. Uh, so there wasn't a book, like, something to encapsulate all those important concepts, like being kind to others, being kind to yourself. And, and also lots of things have changed because now we can say, be kind to yourself first, you know, without sounding selfish. Yeah. So I want to teach her that. And so this book has all those mindful concepts, A's for alive, like appreciate being alive every single day, a new day, new opportunity. Then we have things like community, differences, uniqueness, volunteering. And then I weaved, um, I weaved those letters with a story of Odette, uh, Odette the Ant, who is overstressed. <laughs> is <laughs> she you? Is she me? As a child? <laughs> 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 she's a mix of, she's almost like a child and a grown-up as well, because we all have the stress. Kids have stress, just like us. We live in New York City. Mm. So the end hill is kind of like New York City as well. She's a bit everybody. And then she meets Marcus the Mouse, who is scared and lost. And so they find each other and they will help each other find their way home. Mm. And I love their friendship. And it was important for me that... They they help each other out. Like Odette seems like the main character and him the secondary and it kind of shifts after. Mm. Because I feel that's life. Like we're always helping each other. Yeah. And we grow that way. Yeah. It's not one like you take turns being the leader. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. So, you know, it's no surprise that our core values really kind of make us who we are. They're yeah. fundamental to who we are. Yeah. And some of them shift over time and some of them really shape what we're doing today. The issue is, is that sometimes those values get triggered by something like a microaggression. Mm -hmm. You're doing so many things. <laughs> you're a woman. You're yeah. a mother. Tell me about the first time that you experienced a microaggression. In my adult life? Anytime. Mm -hmm. It could be your child. I mean, mine was in my childhood life. Oh. Yeah. So it could be any time. We, we did not have a name for it, but I was bullied in school. Yeah. Microaggression. I'm going to take something lighter. Like, um, so a few years ago, I had a friend and I was going through a very difficult time in my life. I was extremely vulnerable. Like everything was on edge. My heart was ripped open. And she proceeded, she sat me down and she was like, I want to tell you what I'm thinking about what you're going through. You're like, thanks. Did <laughs> I ask you for that? <laughs> exactly. And I, well, I was more like, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was no, thanks. I'm going to stop you right here. I don't want to hear it. Good for you. That, that's your thing. And, but it really triggered me in here a lot. Um, because the value, like you're saying, that's what was triggering was like friendship. Mm. Friendship is so important, especially when you're in New York and your family is in another country. They're even more important. And, and being safe with your friends, right? Mm. I value honesty, but first is safety. And you need to know that your friends are safe and you don't say whatever you want whenever you want. So it was a good like reframing because I found out from her that for her in friendship, we're honest and we say whatever we're thinking to the other person and that's a service. And I say, well, in my friendships, I want to meet the person where they are. And if they need support, I'm going to ask them what kind of support you want. So you meet people where you are. And so 
we disagreed on like we did not share the same definition of friendship so I said well no thanks I don't want your friendship but it was I mean I'm relating it I still feel this shaking because it really shook something at the core of me where I think I was feeling so safe in a friendship yeah 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 but it was good to see okay we just we needed to reframe this yeah and name what was happening yeah, yeah. she could say it was my reaction was super defensive yeah yeah <laughs> well I mean look it sounds like you really kind of learned some tools that yeah. helped you figure out how to protect yourself mm-hmm. or how to deal with microaggressions yeah Boundaries. can you share like some specific tools that you use to do that well yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> well when you're not it, I think it depends the level of trigger mm-hmm is it triggering like a trauma or are you feeling like mildly, mildly triggered by this? So if it's a small trigger that you could, you can handle on the spot, I think first tool is name what's happening. In your head or outside? Outside. Like, well. In if, front of them? Yeah. Wow. The, yeah. Okay. Total power. Kids do it. <laughs> yeah, they do. And they do it in a neutral way and you actually don't feel attacked. You don't get defensive. Yeah. They just say, why are you yelling at me right now? Yeah. Okay, so they're naming. This is yelling. So if someone is doing something, just name in the most neutral way as possible. And the idea, the image is like, if there's a video camera in the room, if there's a camera in the room, what could everybody agree on that we're seeing? So there's no judgment into it. Yeah. So I notice that you're naming it. And that often is all that you need for the other person to, who did not realize what they were doing. Mm-hmm. That gives them an opportunity to reframe what they said and to be like, maybe, oh, I didn't mean that. Mm. Um, so that's a tool. Or you reflect back what they just said. Just say again, oh, so that's how you see it. Clarifying. So these are like the qualities to embrace is being curious on what was just said, what just happened and clarifying before, you know, you start like putting your boxing gloves on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, when you're majorly triggered, first take care of yourself. So whatever that means, like take some deep breaths, leave the room. I give myself permission to take 24 hours to reply to a text if that did not feel good because that's my time. You've got to be calm first before addressing something that's really triggered you. You can do some tapping, like there's so many tools. And you do this at home on your own or like you go in the bathroom, depending where you are. And what's important is becoming aware of what am I feeling and what do I need? Mm. Especially like, what do I need right now? Mm. And then depending on the situation, I love the framework of nonviolent communication. It's a four-step approach of observation against again to like, Name and neutralize what's happening, share your feelings, share what you need, and then make a request for change if it's possible. Um, those are really concrete, specific tools. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're because welcome. I feel like we don't we don't know how to verbalize it all the time. So it's really helpful to know like exactly kind of what you do in in those moments. All right, so I'm gonna get a little introspective here. Okay. I want you to think about a relationship that you have. Yeah. Uh, such as with a work colleague, or maybe it's a mother or father, or it's a spouse, or it's a partner, or a sibling, or a child. Yeah. You don't have to tell me who it is. 
Unless you okay. want to. Okay. Um, which could be fun or it could be awkward <laughs> if they listen to where you podcast. Mom, um, don't listen. No, <laughs> okay, okay. We didn't hear that. We didn't hear that, right? <laughs> How do microaggressions show up in your everyday relationships or just life situations? Oh, my God. Children. I read on Instagram, this is the most abusive relationship in their life. <laughs> They're tyrants. It's abusive. Um, We forgive them. They don't know yet. It goes back to your love comment. (laughs) Totally. Okay, I can think of someone, and I love what you're asking me uh, to like notice the patterns that we have in life too. Um, It's around boundaries. I think it's always around boundaries and when I'm not clear on my boundaries, so I'm a sort of people pleaser in recovery that goes really well with anxiety (laughs) because that's the way to keep you safe. You're going to please people so that we're not making waves, right? So I fall into that, especially like with my friends, I tend to be like, I'm here for you, you know? Mm. That's why I want to cover that time to just have time to be with my friends and my family. Yeah, so I'm thinking about that relationship. Having clear boundaries saying like, this is what I can do, this is where it begins, and this is where it ends. Mm. And if I'm not clear on that exactly, this is, I think, when those little aggressions come in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like. I was just thinking about your tools, okay? Yeah. And to take a little bit more of a lighter approach mm-hmm. is that, you know, I mean, microaggressions are serious, and yeah. I definitely experienced them as a kid related to racial slurs and comments. And I grew up in a really small town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. There yeah. was me and my brother who were anybody of color in the community. Okay. So it was it was a different dynamic. But um, <laughs> I feel like even thinking about something like, say we're sitting at dinner, okay, yeah. and I get a plate of fries, yeah. and you and I are sitting here. And I see you judging my fries. Because I want them. Uh, Do you want them? Or are you judging me saying, you shouldn't be eating those fries, but I'm super excited about the fries. Maybe you want them. Yeah. But you can use these tools in these scenarios too, right? Yeah. It's like, maybe she wants my fries. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how do you receive the aggression? What goes for you? I mean, I think it would be in the tone of facial expressions or verbal, you know, verbal sayings of stuff. But I think what I'm trying to say is that obviously there are microaggressions that happen, like things, things happened where it was a racial comment and yeah, that made me feel othered. Yeah. And it made me feel like either it was my time to assimilate or it was my time to stand up to it. And as a kid, it's very, really difficult to do that. But as you get older, you have the tools to do it. But I also feel like in just regular life, like, you can feel triggered by something yeah. that you enjoy yeah. that someone's telling you you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I think just being so clear and what you yeah. want, whether it's French fries or you want to go on that workout yeah. or you want to take on a certain project, that you go after what you want. Yeah. And you just right? say it. Yeah. Like saying it, naming it. This is what I want. Yeah. I love it. And there's, And when you say it so clearly, this is what I want. This is what I love. There's no room for somebody else to come with their with their judgment. Yeah, for sure. But it is having confidence. So that's where it starts at first. Yeah. And that's the skill, building the confidence. Unless you're born in a family that is imbuing everything with confidence for you, giving you opportunities 
to develop this self-confidence. Then as adults, it's, it's definitely more challenging. But yeah. when we're confident into who we are and what we want, it's so much easier to assert ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also like, I mean, for women, and I don't know because I'm white, so I did not have this experience mm -hmm. that you had. So I'll just speak like for women, there's also this thing that we have to comply more. Yeah. You know, you have to, I was told definitely like smile through it. And I'm modeling. I was told a lot to smile through things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talk S about Mike. I mean, come on. There has to be Tons. something within your career. Yes. As a model too, right? Yes. And people are not all. aware of it. They say things that are offensive. Yeah. Like this old cliche, like I'm dumb because I'm a model. And yeah. they'll make comments and inside I'm, take a deep breath. Smile, yeah. And then there have been times where I did not smile through it and I stood up and I actually got fired from a job. Wow. Yeah. Because that's I was, empowering. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, too, yeah, I don't care about the money. It yeah. was 10 grand, whatever. Too yeah. bad. <laughs> but I was like, I can't anymore. I yeah. can smile through it. Yeah. Because my values are so clear on who I am and it's irrelevant. The money and what you're thinking and how I'm like... I might feel, and I even cried. It doesn't matter. My values were so loud and clear. How old were you? When, this was when that just. Was this was four years ago. Oh, yeah, I was pretty grown up. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we all have to continuously work at it. Yes, it's it's constant, it's un and it's uncomfortable. But the more you do it, yeah. and the easier it is, and accepting that it is uncomfortable. Yes, you might be shaking while you're saying what you want and who you are. Yeah. You might be crying while you're saying it, but you're saying it. Mm. And at first, like, we, we don't dare. I didn't want to make wave. Like, when I was bullied in school by boys, I didn't know how to say it. And now I'm, I think, I don't know how long we keep working through this, but now I say it. I say it and I keep practicing to refine how I say it. I don't have to be, like, screaming it. Mm. But so the, the working on your values, what's important to you, because that's, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, you have to be proud of yourself. You have to yeah. honor yourself. Yeah. And it's, this is a, um, something that I've worked on that I, I didn't know before. It's this honoring part. Yeah. When I meditate, I'm honoring, you know, sometimes some gods and deity, and sometimes I'm honoring nature and the trees and the flowers, but mostly I'm honoring myself that is into everything and everything is into me. Mm. So if I'm honoring myself, there's no way I'm going to stay silent. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what those boys are thinking now. I mean, they're livid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys, she's just absolutely gorgeous inside and out. So too bad for them. <laughs> and that nasty song you made about oh, me. Too bad. Come on. Snap. Yeah, <sighs> but it... I can't say it, you know, I can't say everything is like making us stronger because sometimes it breaks us and it did break a part of me. Mm. But it is all part of the experience and that's why we're here. And then you yeah. get that chance to rebuild yourself yeah. with yeah. stronger ground. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of backlash and polarization in the DEIB space now. Yeah. You know, and we talked a little bit about this, but at the end of the day, we all have similar goals, which are number one, to have healthier relationships, and number two, to have deeper connections. Uh, at Consciously Unbiased, we believe that a big way to break the bias is to listen to people's stories, yeah. just like we're doing today. Yeah. 
How do you break the bias in your career or in your personal life? I mean, like, like what you're saying, like listening to stories. Yeah. Stories, this is the oldest way how we're sharing mm. and um, sharing information. And we're, we're writing stories, we're drawing stories at first. And I think it comes down to being vulnerable. Like we're so familiar now with Brené Brown. If you're not, go listen oh, to Brené Brown and yes. her work on vulnerability. Absolutely. Because that's what stories do. They... We reveal ourselves. We make ourselves vulnerable, and that's how we create deep connections. Mm. And like in my career, I'm lucky. That's why I love giving Reiki and meditation. It cuts through it because we're essentially made of energy. So in Reiki, first, physically, the person has to be vulnerable. They lie down. Or in meditation, we're sitting still. So we're already in this very defenseless physical position. And then I... I tap into their energy and they feel that and we're connecting. They feel my hands and this energy coming into them. So in that field, that just cuts through it. Mm. And same with meditation that touches the heart space energy. In the coaching, before I begin a session, I usually bring this universal energy as well because it goes faster into opening up. So I think the key word is vulnerability and what will open us up is this finding the common heart, the common beat that we all have. And when we share a story, we can all relate to it. That's why, like, uh, in my children's book, like, stress, fear, those are primal emotions that we all feel. You're either in love or in fear. Mm. So if you're able to tell your story, naming it, owning your story, that's the strength, is own your story and that makes the vulnerability a strength yeah until you can own it it will control you mm. and you won't be able to share it in a way that will necessarily connect and get you to the connection that you're looking for yeah okay i have a last question for you <laughs> <laughs> i love your questions <laughs> if you mm. had a little button on your life mm. where you could press pause or you could press rewind. Which would you choose? Pause. Why? Pause button. <laughs> See, I'm taking a pause. That's what I need. <laughs> I need pause. Need we live such a fast-paced life. I have my little girl, and she's growing fast, and we do spend a lot of time together, but so much goes through the crack on the time. It's too fast. And I love vacation time or going away because you're taken away from all your distraction, doing the laundry and this and that, and we're multitasking and, and we lose in the quality of living. And the most important is this quality of life. The people who are at the end of life have so much to teach us and they never regret. Well, the only regret, I guess, is the not spending enough quality time. So if you're posing then you are in this quality and pure moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so hard, though, with little kids, you know, to see through the trees when you have your laundry going and you yeah. have your 18 jobs, because it sounds like you have those. <laughs> <laughs> um, to practice. your kid wants your time, yeah. and it's really difficult. It's challenging. It's frustrating. And, and, and they are the best teachers who so are taking their cue because they are still so pure. Mm. So I think the cue is when they say, just play with me. 
and we have to listen and just play with them. You never regret having played with your kid. Yeah. You can never say, I wish I had done three more loads of laundry. <laughs> <laughs> never. Oh my gosh. Oh, the if laundry. only I had spent more time doing the dishes. Yeah. Like, always that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I think the cues are there if we're listening and we're clear like, well, how do I want to feel? I want to feel at peace and I want to feel connected yeah. with my kids. Yeah. So then it's easier when you're so clear on what is it that you want and it's important for you, then it's easier to pause and take the cue and, and, and be with them. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's changing the mentality of this fast paced and being efficient. Yeah. Because that doesn't serve us. Yeah. And that's not actually the key to be more efficient. Like in companies, they are more efficient when people take vacation. Yeah. And I'm from France. We'd have like six weeks. Mm. I would say, everybody, give your employees vacation time. Oh my it's gosh. proven where you're more efficient. Yeah. It's just a smart thing to do, going on vacation. Yeah, absolutely. You need yeah. to be inspired by yes. other things besides your home office yeah. or, you know, your you daily relax. commute. Yeah, you don't make mistakes. You, yeah. You're creative and for sure and caring again. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for thank being you, on Mindu. with us today. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, we want to make sure that our listeners know how to connect with you and learn about everything that's happening with you, how to get your book. Yes, or they can go on Amazon. That's the easiest way to get Odette's alphabet. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram at Sandrine Marlier, M-A-R-L-A-R, on my website, uh, sandrinemarlier.com. Otherwise, you can call me 646. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Boundaries, people. I'm crazy, but not that crazy. <laughs> oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. You can learn more about our guests and get show notes at consciouslyunbiased.com slash listen. And we want to hear from you. Please subscribe and rate Breaking the Bias on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And drop us a note to let us know if there is a topic you really want to hear about or a guest you want to have on the show. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Bias. <laughs>